welcome to the 231st episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and I'm here with fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis. How are you, Lee? I'm, I'm doing great. Just got back from a little family vacay. I want to thank you for covering uh, my Ollie's uh, trivia last week, letting us get out of town a little bit early. We went up to Orlando, hanging out at the uh, Universal Cabana Bay Resort. Hashtag not an ad. How Very was it? relaxing, though. Um, it's kind of like a 50s, 1950s, 1960s, mid-century vibe to it. But the uh, the pool is awesome. I mean, not just the pool, but um, they have like a lazy river. At the hotel. <laughs> Jesus. So it was uh, it was fun. We had two days in the park, and then we did like a morning at Disney Springs, and we we ate at uh, uh, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, where I had the best fried chicken I think I've ever had in my entire life. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. It was so good. Um, we took some home with us and, you know, enjoyed it in the car a little bit. It was uh, the gift that kept on giving. So highly recommend that. It's a uh, very, very tasty food up there. What and makes the best fried chicken for you? I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, what is it? What What is it about this fried chicken that made it so, uh, so delicious to you? The seasoning was really good. The texture of the, um, the breading, it was nice and crisp. And uh, I, I, I think it was probably brined. I don't know how, but um, it just it just hit different. I don't know how I can explain it. Maybe there was a buttermilk thing going on too. There was a little bit of sweetness, just mm. a touch of sweetness, just a bit. Yeah, Monty Python and the Life of Brian. That's what how I was feeling, and uh, I had it straight up, just the fried chicken itself. But I also had it on a uh, hash puppy Benedict. Hush Puppy Benedict. Not I was going to say, what the hell is a Hush Puppy? You're blowing Hush my puppy. mind. Hush Puppy Benedict, Got where it. instead of a uh, muffin, they had a Hush Puppy patty on the bottom with uh, Canadian bacon, fried chicken, and a poached egg on top with some pimento and hollandaise sauce. Damn. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Damn. Anyway, besides the food, Universal, it was fun. We uh, rode a bunch of roller coasters. How have you been? <laughs> Good. Can't top that. I've no. been working. Oh, let, a, me, well, let, me, let me add one more okay. on top of that. Uh, while we were in the pool, they had uh, Back to the Future playing on a big screen poolside. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I worked uh, oh, and nice, covered dude, for you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> your, well, uh, your enjoyment was built on the backs of uh, the workers, and I'm unionizing. And now I want you to pay for me to go to Universal. <laughs> I guess it's only fair. <laughs> yes. You hear that Patreon folks? We need you to double your numbers so we Please. can uh, go to send two of us to universal. Let me lay around and, and swim in the pool and watch the back to the future or whatever other fine film they play for me. Mark, you got a laptop and a bathtub. I mean, you could kind of, you I know, can get close to this experience a little bit. I can get close. That's true. Or I can just fill my house with water. You could. You might not want to. We kind of just went through that. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. I was lucky enough to not have that happen the first time. So, Well, we're glad to have you back. Thanks, dude. And uh, I'm curious as to how my teams did at Ollie's this week, uh, as well as what happened in Nice Guys Pizza. How about we go over our weekly wrap-up? Let's do it. Well, Mark, how did your teams do at Nice Guys Pizza and uh, Ollie's this week? This is going to take me a little bit, so give me a second. All right. Um... At Nice Guys, uh, we had a nice full house um, with a couple of different uh, winners f- through uh, through the through the rounds. Home Plus winning the first round with twenty points. Buried Alive, B E R R Y apostrophe D, winning the second round with thirty seven points, and then Home Plus taking it home with 76 points in the last round, um, beating all teams except for Whiskey Tango, who had 85 points playing from afar. Um, So very, very enthralling uh, match there. Congratulations to them. Indeed. Meanwhile, uh, back at uh, 
your homeboy from home ollies uh we had a nice little turnout of about six teams or so uh peanut the dog showing up and showing out winning the first round with 18 points uh round number two going to just the tips with 30 points and then the third and final round going to latecomers with 27 points. Mm. Um, and then the overall uh, winner uh, was a tiebreaker between latecomers and just the tips with 46 points each. With latecomers, I believe winning. I can't remember who won now. I didn't. I didn't give the extra point. I think it was latecomers winning uh, the tiebreaking question. Um, to win the overall well done congratulations to them if that is indeed true yeah and if you missed it and you'd like to join us for trivia soon you have a few opportunities to do so wednesdays we're live at pointy bell brewing company in fort myers florida for no nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz free beer to enjoy tasty tasty food by our weekly food, food vendor come play our weekly quiz at pointy bell brewing company starting at 7 30 p.m every wednesday thursdays we're in cape coral at ollie's pub also at 7 30 p.m we hope you can join us then for opportunities to win ollie's gift cards which can be spent on records beer t-shirts comic books and more Ooh, you can also suggest yeah. categories for each week's Dig quiz it. at ollie's pub every thursday at 7 30 p.m they got a food and truck if, out there uh no they got all these sandwiches man oh duh i'm an yeah. idiot yeah. they have a uh, those awesome sandwiches are straight motherfucking fire yeah dave's luau i don't know if you had a chance to have that uh, or it's all i've eaten there i've had two sandwiches there and they've both been the same thing because it's so good it's that I can't one right bring myself to get another thing i get it uh, i get it with uh no pineapple and no um provolone or whatever i get it mm. with mozzarella bacon ham red sauce it is so fucking good and it's a spicy hawaiian pizza sandwich basically it's amazing yeah yep they've got it was a special that they ended up putting on the regular menu because it was so popular so. i fucks with it and i fucks with it can mm-hmm. i be frank with you you can I, f- I fucks with it hard and speaking of franks they sometimes have a uh, hot dog sandwich as well so oh. check that out and uh don't forget we've also got or don't forget i don't think i've announced it yet we uh we just recently announced south park trivia at point ebell brewing company that's on saturday january 7th 2023 our first themed quiz of 2023 this one has been uh, oft requested throughout the year it's been a long time coming so we hope that you join us south park fans saturday january 7th at 6 p.m at point ebell brewing company in fort myers for a south park quiz and of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark Davis's trivia on Wednesdays mm. at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom Bring starting it. at 8 p.m. For a link to the Zoom meeting, you can check the show notes or just remember it's bit.ly slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. Mm. Please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't you? No, kitty. Those are my cheesy poofs. That is my Cartman impression, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, Here is another one. Uh, That's uh, Kenny. Um, All right, Ken. And uh, this is Stan. Man, you guys suck. He just sounds kind of normal, I think. That's a lot like your Cartman, actually. Uh, yeah, Cartman, um, Kenny, I can tell that that was good. Yeah. I could be a little bit more cartman if you want me to. Damn it, Kenny. All right, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just stop right there. And we'll be right back. Um, my cheesy poofs. <laughs> all right. You know what? Keep going. I, no. I can, I think I can probably do a better Cartman, but I don't want to, I don't want to go full bore into it. I might shit myself. We'll be right back.
Mark. We are back, and I got a question for you. Are you prepared? Oh, yeah. Gumble. Gumble is the last name of what Simpsons character? Um, Gumble. G-U-M-B-L-E. Gumble is the last name of what Simpsons character? It's not Milhouse. His last name's like Vanderhoven. It's none of the Simpson characters, clearly. Let me clearly my throat. Mo Sislak. Mm. What else we got? Bumblebee Man. I think it's somebody actually who hangs out at, at Moe's. I think it's somebody who sounds a little bit like Ray. If he had a bit too much to drink. Ray Gumble. I think it's Barney. That's my answer. That's correct. All right. Good good job. Thanks. He's actually sober now. Uh, they made him sober a few seasons back. Full time? Full time. Because I know they flirted around with a sober Barty as a joke <laughs> in like the 90s or something like that. There was like a special episode. Back when it was funny. But they, they mm-hmm. decided to actually stick with it and didn't want to make it just a gag since, you know, obviously mental health and, you know, uh, drinking and, and all that stuff has become more and more of a serious topic. They decided they wanted to have it stick. Yeah, they're changing with the times. Um, South Park, not so much. <laughs> they're no. continuing to go against the grain as it's kind of their thing though they're they're positioned differently in the the um i don't know i don't want to say the the, the industry zeitgeist. but yeah a little bit anyway uh my question for you all of my questions are holiday themed this is uh episode is going out in the midst of hanukkah and christmas is upon us uh this weekend so i've got some holiday questions for you mark Okay. This one uh, actually wanted to have Kyle on this episode originally, but she's not feeling too well. So everybody give your best wishes to, to Kyle. I did tell her that I would read some of the questions that she had prepared, though, on the episode. So this is one of Kyle Ann's questions. My best wishes to you, Kyle. What Christmas tradition was first developed by German Lutherans in the 1700s as a celebration of the liturgical season? What Christmas tradition was first developed by German Lutherans in the 1700s as a celebration of the liturgical season? Liturgical is one of those words that I think I've heard at some point and knew what it meant, but I don't now. I don't know. I'm just going to go with my gut here. Uh, It's probably wrong, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. I'm going to say caroling. It's not caroling. Mm. I'm sorry. The answer is Advent calendars. Oh, because the liturgical season, I guess uh, the the church has uh, its own seasons, at least in this time. And the Advent calendar uh, was one for the uh, the Christmas time holiday season. Season should have been a dead giveaway. That I was a little bit been, of a yeah. built in hint there. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. baby built in hint. A baby point five. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a pretty big B. Uh, here's Not your the biggest B, but it's a B. <laughs> here's your next question: Alpha, Nevada, and Snow Crown. I guess it's kind of seasonal. Are types of which vegetable? Alpha, Nevada, and Snow Crown are types of which vegetable? Alpha, Nevada, and Snow Crown. Snow yeah. Crown. So like a white top is what I'm imagining that that means an alpha there's only one of them and nevada Mm -hmm. is it's shaped like the state of nevada you better hope they don't split that state up into two states seriously problems what are you gonna do what could what kind of fruit would grow and you said it was a fruit right vegetable oh (laughs) glad i asked yeah me too the nevada hmm gotta reorient my entire thing i really have no idea. I'm going to go with uh, cabbage. Sorry, that's incorrect. Mm. You were kind of going down the right path initially. Cauliflower. Oh, all right. Cauliflower is the correct answer. Snow crown. Yeah, there it is. 
You put All it right. together. Yep. The old sod. Here's my second question for you. Okay. Which holiday originated in the U.S. in the wake of the Los Angeles Watts riots and whose seven principles include unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith? Which holiday originated in the United States in the wake of the Los Angeles Watts riots and whose seven principles include unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. I might make myself sound like a complete asshole here, but I'm hoping not. Because the the L.A. Watts riots, if you do not know, uh, were riots that took place in predominantly black neighborhoods. And I think a lot of people... Oh, God, I hope I don't sound like an idiot. I think Kwanzaa actually started in America. Oh, God, I can just, if I'm fucking wrong, I'm going to feel like such a fucking crunchy idiot. Um, But I I remember asking a question, I believe, about Kwanzaa once upon a time, and I believe that it talked about some of these things. I'm going to say Kwanzaa. That's correct. Yes, Kwanzaa first introduced in the U.S. in 1966, which... uh, this, again, this was a, a question that Kyle wrote. That surprised me. I did not know that it was uh, that recent of a holiday. And yeah, it was created as a response to the. Uh, well, I, w- I wouldn't say as a response, but it was created in an aft in the aftermath of the Los Angeles Watts riots, which were uh, brought on by p- police brutality in Lo- Los Angeles against black people, and uh, introduced uh, Kwanzaa as a holiday um, that African Americans could celebrate their culture. Um, and it, uh, yeah, it remains to be celebrated this day alongside of Christmas. Mm, God damn. All right. Uh, here is your last question for me for the first round. The word wiki, as in Wikipedia, means quick in what language? You're familiar mm. with wikis, yes? Yeah, I've looked at a wiki once or twice, I would say. Um, you know, writing trivia and stuff. You come across a wiki every now and then. You've been known to glance at mm-hmm. a wiki. Yeah. Wikipedia being the uh oh, yeah. the largest one. Of course. I can't stand when people complain about Wikipedia asking for money. <laughs> they they provide so much to humanity. Now let's get into let's get into its honest hour. Have you mm-hmm. ever given money to Wikipedia? Yeah. Very kind of you. I'm a giver, my man. Yeah. I clearly. Give. Do you my give? Man gives. It's important to give. <laughs> you gotta give. We're, <laughs> we're doing two in a row, two episodes in a row. <laughs> of the references to uh, I think you should It leave. is the most referential show of all time. <laughs> there is so many different uh situations. Uh Mike Cosden uh is a huge gif poster of uh that show. Yes, I have given. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that you have to, but to complain about it, I know, agree completely. It's like they give you, I know anybody who is on the internet has benefited from Wikipedia at some point. Oh, absolutely. You have no right to complain no. about them asking for $3, which is what they usually ask for some, some low amount. Yeah. I'd go so far as to telling you to shut up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wiki, wiki, wiki. I want to say maybe it's Hawaiian, but are you bold enough to ask two Maori questions in a row? Hungi, wiki. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Hawaiian. You are correct. Hawaiian is the oh. correct answer. Very, very good. Mark, your third question. Mm. This is a, uh, uh, Holiday special question. Star Wars holiday special, to be specific. Have you ever seen that? Nope. No, you haven't? No. Did you know that that has the first uh, on-screen appearance of Boba Fett? I did not. Mm-hmm. In the animated form. He's an animated character, but it is his first on-screen appearance. It is not the character's debut, though. That actually happened, if I recall correctly, was at a parade. He had a live action in person debut, then was first introduced on screen during the Star Wars holiday special. 
and then made his silver screen debut during uh, the Empire Strikes Back. But this question I is, love a parade. <laughs> this question is not about any of those things. It's about a certain uh, 70s rock band and their singer. Here's Let me just question. say real quick. Okay. So weird to have him in this chintzy ass cartoon and then in a fucking parade only to find out when he's in the movies that he's a fucking stone cold killer <laughs> bounty hunter. It's such a bizarre thing to like. Oh yeah. And he was his, I mean, his reputation was totally created in the fans mind though. He didn't really do anything in, uh, in empire strikes back that really set him apart. He had like one line, right? You know, where he was like, yes, master or something along those lines. Um, Anyway, here's Any, your question. Okay. After meeting the Sith Lord for a photo in 1977, which singer introduced herself to Star Wars actor Mark Hamill as, quote, Darth Vader's wife, but left her San Franciscan rock group before they famously performed Light the Sky on Fire during the cult classic Star Wars holiday special. So I'm looking for the singer's name here. After meeting the Sith Lord for a photo in 1977, which singer introduced herself to Star Wars actor Mark Hamill as Darth Vader's wife, but left her San Franciscan rock group before they famously performed Light the Sky on Fire during the cult classic Star Wars holiday special? No idea. Um, San Francisco rock band, female singer, light the sky on fire, played in this special, but I don't know what it is. Some rock band from San Francisco. I'm going to say Grace Slick. That is correct. Are you fucking you serious right now? That's right. Jefferson Starship. Are you fucking joking right now? No, I'm not. What and, in the uh, f- actual fuck had just happened? I'll I'll send you a picture too of her with uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> okay, Jesus, very Christ. good, Mark. I, you put the pieces together. San Francisco rock group, 1970s, female lead singer. Well done. Wow. Well done, wow. my friend. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I think you've earned a little break, my friend. Yeah, please. Let's take that break, and then uh, we'll come back with some missed corrections and a uh, entertaining Quizmaster story from Dallas. Ooh. back and it's time for some missed corrections missed corrections we got a miscorrection here from uh motor liquor blake and several others about our pronunciation of a certain actor who we called brian blessed now that was my fault i, did I was not gonna that say up. i don't remember being the one who did that no that was me okay uh, I don't know if I've ever heard his name out loud before, so whatever, you know, it's one of those things, but apparently his name is Brian Blessed, and what's funny is I think I avoided that because I did not want it to sound like he was like being anointed, you know, by right. God or something like that, but yeah. it turns out he should be. Uh, Motor Liquor says, like, blessed be the fruit. So, Too blessed go. to be stressed. Yeah. Uh, Peter Skelton, episode 230, best worst answer section. The Latin phrase is in vino veritas, not in vito veritas. <laughs> you know, also, when you were going through that with me and you said in vito, I remember thinking to myself, something seems off when you said wine, but I knew there was no way I was going to get it anyway. Uh, but I'm really glad that he came back and pulled that around for me because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember you saying something like, in veto we trust. And a flag went off in my mind, like, that's a weird thing to say to this. I guess I just didn't even realize I made the typo. Oops. And then read it. 
Um, and then uh, we also got a note here uh, on a more serious note from Rick G, who writes, Hi, friends. In episode 229, Mark refers to Ukraine as the Ukraine, which is kind of an outdated and potentially offensive phrasing, especially given current world events. Adding the potentially trivializes the country to the name of a region. It's a little weird for us because, of course, our country is the United States. But the for Ukraine is similar to saying the South or the Midwest. And some people use it to claim it's just a region of Russia rather than a sovereign state. Mm. The country calls themselves Ukraine. So the most polite thing to do is to follow that lead. There are a few links here that uh, Rick uh, posted. We'll put in the show notes that uh, goes into this a little bit further. Cheers, Rick G. Um, yeah, so my apologies. I, I I guess I just grew up for so long referring to it as the Ukraine, and I never really knew why it was called that, and I never really thought very deeply into it. Um, so I, I definitely hear where you're coming from and see how that can come off as being offensive. So my apologies to Ukraine. Uh, definitely, um, you know, think they have a right to their independence and, and all that good stuff. So I, I, uh, did not mean to come off as offensive, my, my bad, my blunder, and I will do right going forward. And if you uh, hear something you would like to uh, let us know about, you can write to us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com. Or call us at one nine two nine three five six six nine six six, or find us on social media. And if you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, and Good Pod. I saw a meme that said, "Karma is like sixty nining. You get what you give." And I was like, "That's not. <laughs> that's not <laughs> Excuse true." Excuse me. I, I would like to talk to you about your sticker. <laughs> 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 you started pulling that on him, didn't you? I didn't In your even brain. Just stay away. <laughs> we got a whole podcast we can talk about that stuff on. You know, oh, you yeah. engage him directly. Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're good. You want to hear Dallas's story here? Yeah. Okay, it's, it's story time from Dallas. He sent this in an email this weekend. Dallas writes: I recently hosted a Christmas movie trivia at downtown ten twenty five. The game was going great. We had 13 teams. There were claps and aw mans going on when the guests were given answers. Love it. I even rapped. Pe- oh, there's a missing punctuation here, but I even rapped. I think is what he's trying to say, <laughs> but it looks like it says I even rapped people. <laughs> he even rapped. That's what I'm getting at. People were singing holiday songs. Everything was merry and bright. Other than the fact that I forgot my popcorn boxes. Now, you remember Dallas keeps uh, popcorn boxes on the table, encourages players to put their cell phones into the boxes to discourage them from cheating. I was in the middle of the third round. and I asked the question in the 1966 song. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It is stated that his heart is full of what? Do you remember this, Mark? I don't. Um... My immediate gut reaction is coal, um, but I would have to think on it a little bit. I would definitely want to suss with some partners. Do you know it? I did not know it. Um, so I looked it up later. We'll get to the answer. Let me just continue with the story okay. here. I just want to see if you knew it. After every few questions, I'll take a second and then scan the room at everyone I can see, gauge their looks, and to make sure no one is cheating. Where I set up to host trivia, my back is against the storefront glass. There are people playing outside. I look at them, try to get some eye contact when I ask if things need to be repeated. But this time, when I turn around directly behind me, I look down and I see a guy with his phone open. He's less than three feet away from me, just separated by glass. I look at his phone and I can't read it, but it looks like the layout of a Google generated return of lyrics of a song. In the microphone, I say, are you looking up lyrics for the last question? I couldn't hear him, but he shook his head and closed his phone. The audience gasped. I told him to open your phone and hold it up. He did, and I could read the lyrics and confirm he was. Damn. Dallas continues. Now, I openly state no cheating, no using electronic devices at the beginning of every game. 
So I felt no shame in booing him. I told him he sucked. Don't try and ruin a fair game. They got booed pretty loudly. Then I said, don't turn in your slip for the last round. Damn. He came up after the game and tried to come up with some BS excuse and halfway blamed his girlfriend. Ooh, he's not local, so we will never likely see him again. Thought you might like the story. Thank you for so many great hours of content. Love you both. Merry Christmas. Love you too, Dallas. Dallas. Man. Cheaters never prosper. I mean, in trivia, when you catch them, (laughs) sometimes they do prosper. Unfortunately, what a wild, what a wild story. Damn. He's got, he's got uh, harsh methods, you know? I mean, calling somebody out, that's that's not that harsh. But telling somebody, don't bother turning in your answer sheet. I don't know if I would if I could do it. For me, it I was mean, telling everyone to boo him. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's public community. I've called that, too. You're just having to sit there at 1025 with your fucking deep-fried macaroni and cheese. And everyone around <laughs> you is just looking at you and booing you're, you. Crab Rangoon grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Your pot roast. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, Your cheeseburger lo mein. They got a lot of good menu items. Their peanut butter and jelly chicken wings. They really do. Uh, yeah. Hashtag not an ad, but hashtag an ad. I mean, they're a local hashtag place. Hashtag go see Dallas. Go play some trivia. And, yeah. Uh, please. You know, eat some please good food. Do. Yeah. And don't use your phones. Yeah. For yeah. the love of fuck. All right. Mark, you ready to get in round two? I am so pumped about it. I'm ready for a question from you to me, from your mouth to God's ears. No, but I'm not God. Here you go. I figured that made it sound like I'm God. Are you listening, God? It's me, Quizmaster Lee, and I've got a <laughs> trivia question for you. It's me, Lee Grit. What kind of holiday party first took place in Vancouver, British Columbia in the year 2000, setting off an annual trend for decades to come? Ugly sweaters. That's right. Ugly Christmas sweater party. I'm not even fucking around with your questions. <laughs> That's all right. It's a late night record. We're both tired. Let's go. That's not, well, no, I mean, to be honest, well, because I know I tend to oversuss and I know last time we did this, people were like, seems like this went by really fast because of us. And I was like, no. And I mean, you know how I feel about themed trivia. Usually not a very big fan of it, especially when I feel like I don't know anything about it. So every time you ask a question, I'm like, I'm going to look like a fucking moron with this question. So far, I've done okay. But maybe I've been doing okay in part because I've just been splurting out whatever comes to my mind first. Well, the difficulty is about to shift with my next one. I'll just say that. So great. Buckle in, buttercup. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. So do you know anything about the history of this ugly sweater? Party? Uh, well, so ugly sweaters and and Christmas were kind of merged in the 80s, like in uh, movies like uh, Christmas Vacation. But uh, there was one person in particular in the year 2000 who specifically like had an ugly Christmas sweater party. That, I think this is documented on ugly Christmas sweater party dot com. Uh, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Wow. So uh, we'll put a link to the show notes. There's a whole story about this particular party in 2001. Uh, Bridget Jones's diary came out and the uh, love interest in that was wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. So that <laughs> kind of catapulted the whole thing into the mainstream. And uh, once it kind of crossed over into the U S um, it was game over culturally there. It, it's just now a thing that we have. Game over, dude. Yeah, I mean that that makes it sound kind of bleak. I'm not opposed to ugly Christmas sweater parties. Yeah, you know, you know whatever. Let people have it. Yeah, that should fun. be game on. Yeah, game I'm on, down dude. Mm-hmm. Game on. Here's your first question for the second round. What TV show that premiered in 2017 has had episodes including Cape Canaveral, Schrodinger's Cat, and Cindy Lauper's Hair, an Eight Bit Princess, and a Flat Tire Genius, and Graduation? Those are three episodes. The first one, again, is called Cape, Cape Canaveral, Schrodinger's Cat, and Cindy Lauper's Hair. The next episode is An 8-Bit Princess and a Flat Tire Genius. And the third episode, Graduation. 2017. That's correct. A lot of the ones I'm thinking of came out before 2017. Well, then it wouldn't be those. Graduation, I'm thinking like Community. That's before 2017. Cindy Lopper's Schrodinger's cat and Cindy Lopper's hair. Big Bang Theory again. I'm pretty sure that debuted before 2017. 
maybe it's Young Sheldon. Cindy Lauper. Does that show take place in the 80s? I guess that would make sense. 2017? Could be. I'm not much of a Big Bang Theory fan. Um, I will be no doubtedly exploring that territory because it is an often requested category at trivia. And I'm sure I'll be doing a theme trivia at some point here soon. Let's go with Young Sheldon. You are correct. All Great right. job. That's a sus right there. Yeah. Yeah. I That's think, uh, you know, we had a couple people guess, um, you know, the Big Bang Theory, at which point I had to tell them, you know, you are so close, yet so far, <laughs> young Sheldon is correct. You know, uh, on account of Brian Blessed, mm-hmm. I'm going to look up the pronunciation of something in my next question before I read it. No, no, you can't do that. Now you got to just do it. Good God. <laughs> I, d- I forgot what the subject matter of this question was. Terrifying. I don't know Welsh pronunciation. If I can't say Brian Blessed, I'm surely going to butcher this. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do my best. Mary Lewid is a Southern Welsh Christmas time tradition where town folk could go from door to door requesting food and drink through song while wearing the skeleton of what kind of animal? One more time. Mary Lewid is a Southern Welsh Christmas time tradition where town folk could go from door to door requesting food and drink through song while wearing the skeleton of what kind of animal? How do you spell Mary Lewid? M-A-R-I space L-W-Y-D. L-W-Y-D. Mm-hmm. Lewid. Mary Lewid. A Southern Welsh Christmas time tradition where town folk go from door to door requesting a food and drink through song while wearing the skeleton of what kind of animal? Uh, I'll say Reindeer. No, I'm sorry. It is a uh, another hooved creature, though. The horse. A little bit more common. Okay. Than a creature. Um, and yeah, if you uh, if you look up pictures of uh, what this looks like traditionally, which I will do for you right now. I was going to do it myself. <laughs> this is, you know, just some Welsh Christmas oh, time stuff. Fuck. And so. Oh, uh, fuck. Right now, you can see why I gasped when I. If this <laughs> motherfucker came to my fucking place asking for food and drink, I would give them my home. So, so uh, Kyle wrote this question, and she was explaining to me that it's not just requesting food and drink. The idea is it's kind of like a uh, a flighting. You remember the flighting rap battle thing that we were talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like an insult thing. You're supposed to like insult the people in the house. And they're supposed to insult you back in song from inside. And whoever, quote unquote, loses has to, you know, relinquish to the other. So typically it's it's uh, it's tradition and polite for the uh, person inside the house to give up and, and lose and actually give, you know, merry treats, food and drink to the uh, the wassailers. But yeah, this uh, this seems to be some kind of precursor to caroling, I imagine. So I looked it up and it says the pronunciation is actually Mari Lloyd. Mari Lloyd. Okay. Well, that sounds actually more Welsh. So I'm going with that. Yeah. Mari Lloyd. <laughs> Look how you said it all disjointed. Here is your uh, second uh, question for the second round. The Koppen Geiger system first developed in 1884 with modifications made by both scientists is used to classify what the Copen K O P P E N with an umlaut over the O. So I think it's Copen Copen mm-hmm. Giger system G E I G E R as an H R Giger. The Copen Giger system. I just mispronounced it the first time. I guess altogether first developed in 1884 with modifications made by both scientists. Um, since 1884, is used to classify what. God, that was wordy. Mm, 
Hmm. I'm I'm thinking either uh earthquakes or radiation. German scientists. Radiation probably. 1884. Oh man, that's pretty early. But they, I'm sure they, they had an understanding of radiation and they need to classify it. I'll go with radiation. A popular answer, but an incorrect one. Mm. The correct answer is climates. Oh, okay. Climates. Right on. Yeah. Tropical. Sub-Saharan. I don't know if that's one of them. Yes, we do live in a tropical. Mm-hmm. All right. A psychology question for you. Uh-oh. This holiday theme, don't worry. Oh, According to the end, and it's uh, it's mnemonic themed as well. You love mnemonics. Do love a mnemonic? Yeah. According to the American Association for Anatomy's Anatomical Science Education Journal, the Twelve Days of Christmas song is quote ingrained in medical school folklore as a mnemonic device to help remember which twelve parts of the brain. According to the American Association for Anatomy's Anatomical Science Education Journal, the 12 Days of Christmas song is, quote, ingrained in medical school folklore as a mnemonic device to help remember which 12 parts of the brain. You said 12 parts of the brain? Yes. I mean... <clears throat> they, have a, they have a collective noun. You don't need to list each all 12. Yeah, good. There's no way that was going to fucking happen. But I'm trying to think of what in your brain you might have 12 of. Um lobes? How many I mean lobes is the only thing I can think of as like parts of a brain. I wonder I I'm very curious about this mnemonic. Um like if it's Part partridge in a pear tree. P. I wonder if it goes by. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna fucking answer already, so I can find out what the right answer is. I'm gonna say lobes. No, it is Lisa the lobes. cranial nerves. No. Okay. Each one has a uh, a different function, and the song combines the name of the nerve, its placement, uh, and what it helps with. All right. Here is your last question for the second round. Uh, you're not much of a sports guy. I think this may be a relatively easy sports question, but we'll see. Uh, the question is, how many regular season games does each team play in the NFL? Mm. Regular season games. I don't think it's very many. Um I'm thinking between 12 and 16. Da -da 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 that music gets you hyped. And then it kicks in. Good shit. Yeah. I wonder who composed that. It's a really good question. I don't know. I wonder if that's a famous composer. I know I mean, Hank I'm sure Williams, known I know Hank Williams Jr. did uh, the Monday night football theme at Once Upon mm -hmm. a Time. He did indeed. He went, are you ready? And then Carrie Underwood or whoever did the ripoff of I Hate Myself for Loving You, um, but did it as uh, Monday night football. Mm. I don't know if I heard that one. Now fall from Monday night. Regular season games. If I knew, yeah, if I knew anything about the structure of league play, I could maybe math it out, but I, I'm just going to go with a, a guess here. I'll go with uh, 12. Sounds like a good number. Sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking up at? This light just kicked on. <laughs> oh, the I correct, don't know why. <laughs> the correct answer is 17. Uh, it was 16 recently added a game took a game off of preseason and added it to the regular season 17 okay 
All right. Well, that's three and three. Oh my God. Let's take a break and then uh, we're going to come back with a rate my question and our final questions. back and it's time for a rate my question this comes to us from uh former rumple snailskin now proverbial light keeper cameron hughes you love thank you cameron showing your support yeah it's much appreciated thank you cameron writes i'm still on 2019 podcast that's even better he's in the first year yes and was like you know what I can tell this is going to be worth it. Yeah, he's bumping it up. double what I'm already paying. Thank you so much, Cameron. fuck, this is good. (laughs) Uh, He says, I'm up to episode 52. I'd like to submit a rate my question. Here we go. Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy consists of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Name the color that represents each film per the director. You're a pretty you big Edgar Wright fan, yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know that I'd call myself a big fan, but okay. I, I enjoy his movies. I don't follow his his career um, and read every every little interview or anything like that, but a uh, very talented director. I I probably missed, uh, I, I missed his Sparks documentary, and I think he made a movie uh, after, maybe something after Baby Driver that I missed as well. Well, I'm but, here to tell you the Sparks documentary is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's been on my list for a minute. I need to need to get on that. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. These are kind of his uh, three big breakout movies. The Cornetto trilogy, as as Cameron stated. This would be a question that my buddy John Lewis would oh, know the yeah. answer to, as he uh, made a series of fan art posters for the Cornetto trilogy, and they are all different colors. I wonder. If he tied the colors to the movies, I would be willing to bet director. that he did. I, I'd be, I'd be willing to bet. So how well do I know my friend John's fan art is the question. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. I'm trying to remember. Um, I want to say Shaun of the dead is red. I was thinking that too. And I was feeling that hot fuzz was blue. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. I've never well, seen the red, world. Shaun of the Dead. He's got the red tie. He says you got a little bit of red on you. Okay. Hot Fuzz is a uh, police buddy cop movie. The blue, you know. Now is- answer this for me. Does a cab <laughs> include Hot Fuzz? If if you subscribe to that philosophy or ideology, then yeah, I mean it de facto does. It's a, it's it a cop to. movie. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Um, the World's End, an alien movie. Hmm. I think I remember there being like green energy in that movie. Did you see that movie? I did not. It's an alien invasion movie. And I, I feel like, I feel like green is a, a color that comes up a lot in that. So I would go with red, blue, and green or red, green, and blue RGB. Okay. But uh, we have to keep it red, blue, and green because it does say represents each film. So we, we have to, I think we have to get it, not just the colors, but we have to associate them with the right films, right? It's also Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Big rip. Mm, there you go. Yeah. RBG. All right. We'll keep it RBG. We'll keep it RBG. All right. Um, Lock yeah. it in. Shaun of the Dead, red, hot fuzz blue, world's end green. green. My only my only thought while you look up the answer is that the world's end might be yellow if you want to keep it all primary colors. But, uh, mm. you know, I'm not, you know, if you're getting the green energy, if you're getting the green feels, there's no reason to believe necessarily that they're primary colors. But that's my only my only other thought. Holy shit, we got it right. Oh, good. Okay. Shaun of the Dead has a. Uh... Oh. Oh. Uh oh. Okay. So. <laughs> this is this is even more interesting now. It's not just the colors. It's the colors of the Cornetto ice cream 
themselves that are purchased in each of the movies by a specific character. So in Shaun of the Dead, a strawberry flavored Cornetto, which we call a drumstick here in the United States, the, uh, you know, frozen confectionery treat of a waffle cone with ice cream and Got some it. toppings on top. That uh, In the UK, that's known as a Cornetto. Shaun of the Dead has a strawberry flavored Cornetto, the red signifying blood. Hot Fuzz has a blue Cornetto, the color of police. And the World's End features a green mint chocolate chip flavor Cornetto signifying a sci-fi element. Got it. We nailed it. All right. Now we just got to rate this question. I'll read it one more time so we can just get it fresh. Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy consists of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Name the color that represents each film per the director. Um, I'm going to, you know, it's interesting. Um, I almost feel like, uh, I almost feel like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, if you know anything at all about those movies, they're almost gimmies. Um, I do feel like this is pretty niche. Um, I don't know if you'd call any of those, you know, movie titles built in hints, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a a firm a. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a tough, I I totally agree. It's, it's a bit niche. I think that, you know, people that like trivia are probably going to be fans of Edgar Wright because he's kind of a, a nerdy referential director. Oh, you know what? Didn't he do last night in Soho? I never saw it. I think I remember thinking that's not a comedy. Yeah, he did. He directed that. Hmm. Yeah. So I, all right, maybe I am a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're definitely Um, bigger than me. I was trying to play it cool, but I'm a bit of a fan. Um, yeah. What do we got here? Popular. I'll give this, I'll give this a P capital P. It's interesting. I'm going to give it a capital I built in hint built in hint. Yeah, I mean, if you're considering the names of the movies built in hints, yeah. teeny, tiny, little, like a sand molecule of a bee, like yeah. the tiniest, because you really can't go on the names. You really have to know what the movies are about. You could guess Hot Fuzz is a police movie. You could guess that Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie because, but again, you have to have this exterior knowledge in order to get there. So I don't even know if I can give this a proper B. I mean, a grain of sand is, is not worthy of a mention. So I'm, I'm going to give this a capital P capital I, and uh, I'm going to give it a lowercase S because I, I, I think just to make this a little bit easier, I would just say, what are the three colors? Uh, you don't even have to associate them with the movies, but I do kind of like how the movies kind of guide you there. So I, I might rewrite this to include the bit about the character buying the Cornetto. Um, I mean, that is that is a uh, juicy, trivial detail that has kind of been left out of the current iteration of this question. I know it might make it a little bit longer to include that, but I might take that fact and try to work the question uh, wording around that. Okay. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe, maybe if you're going for something more difficult, say, what is the color for each movie? Uh, name the color that represents each film, as you said, Cameron, or if you wanted it to be a little easier, just ask for the three colors or uh, you could ask for the three flavors of Cornetto ice cream treats that are purchased in the movies. I think that's even a little bit better than just asking for colors. Um, I don't know if they specifically say like what blue is, if it's like blue raspberry or blueberry, but um, raspberry beret. Yeah. I do like it as a question though. It's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's a little niche, but uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Thank you, Cameron. Yes. And if you'd like to write us with a rate my question or miscorrection, you can do so at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com or call us at 1 929 Real quick before we do our last questions, two things. One, big rip to Terry Hall from the specials who passed away yesterday. As you know, I was in a uh, the first 
um, you know, one of the first real bands I was in, I got very, very deep when I had met Mike and some other people. Um, and actually, even a little bit before that, got deep into ska music. I was never a big fan of second wave ska, but if there's one second wave band that I loved and really, really fell deep in love with, it was the Specials. Terry Hall, the singer of the Specials, passed away after basically finding out when he had thought he had a stomach bug that he had pancreatic cancer and, um, you know, was just about to record another Specials record and basically found out they had pancreatic cancer and within a, a very very short span of time he passed away. So very big bummer, uh, very um, huge influence on me when I was getting initially into ska and reggae music. So um, very, very big bummer there. Um, and also uh, in the, on the opposite side of the spectrum, I don't know if you watch the world cup at all. Um, you know, I guess I was for the most part rooting for the United States, America, um, being that I lived here, but knew it was pretty much a long shot. The only other team that I wanted to see win at all was Argentina, um, because Lionel Messi, if you do not know, is widely considered one of the best, if not the best soccer players of all time. The one thing he had not done was won a World Cup for Argentina, uh, his home country, and he did it. And man, I was fucking screaming. The last match that they played against France will go down as the best world cup in our lifetime. I mean, it was so fucking wild. It was such a roller coaster. It is the reason that people love sports. It was so fucking good. And then to see him win and bring home the trophy for Argentina was a beautiful thing. Yes. Congratulations to them. And uh, as far as uh, Terry Hall goes and yeah, rest in peace to him from the specials. Uh, coincidentally, the song Ghost Town opening up Shaun of the Dead. If you've seen oh. Shaun of the Dead, uh, I don't know if he sings on that track, actually. Is that him singing? Um, so I think he, he does sing on the track, but I don't think he sings. Oh, the yeah. Main he's like part. in the, the chorus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or, it's- is it the chorus? No, he's the verse. Yeah, it's a weird thing going on yeah, structurally there. There's like, yeah, when it gets kind of like singers. peppy, he starts singing. But I think before mm-hmm. that, it's Linville Golding or um, or um, the other guy's name is escaping me uh, right now. But one of the uh, one of the uh, Neville Staples, I think it's Neville Staples sings the maybe the bulk of it. Um, but yeah, right. Such a well, good R.I.P. Terry Hall. We wear our baggy trousers at half mast for you, sir. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Our last questions, Mark. You're kicking off round three. I am. Here's my last question for you, my dear and sweet friend. What were the first man-made objects to break the sound barrier? Mm. The first man-made objects to break the sound barrier. Man-made objects. You can, or we can say what man-made object. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that it was a uh, a rocket-powered car. I don't know if you're looking for car or rocket, or maybe it's a different answer entirely. But I think I remember reading this once upon a time. Uh, if not the first and early, uh, sound barrier, but maybe, maybe this is, uh, maybe I'm conflating two different things. I'll go with it though. Rocket, rocket powered car. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <clears throat> the correct answer is the whip. Oh, the whip. Okay. was the first man-made object wow. to break the sound barrier. That is the sound when a whip cracks. Mm-hmm. It is the sound of the sound barrier being broken. Well, the whip was the first man-made product wow. that broke a sound barrier. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, that's big capital I right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's. I think that's a PIBS right there. If I do say so myself. Let me hear it one more time. Um, I, it is very short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the first, what was the first man-made product or I'm sorry, what was the first man-made object to break the sound barrier? Man-made object. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give that a full pibs. Um, maybe a little B, 
but it's not much of a built-in hint. Get a but beat. I mean, man-made. It's object. man-made. Yeah, yeah. It gives you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not a natural object to break the sound barrier. It doesn't give you much, but it's right. there. It's a, it, it, you covered your ass. Yeah. All right. Cya. Here's your uh, here's your third round question from me. In Catalonia, it is a Christmas tradition to include a joke figurine called a caganer in nativity scenes. What is the caganer doing during the nativity scene? Doing in the nativity scene. Let me take that again one more time. Okay. In Catalonia, it is a Christmas tradition to include a joke figurine called a caganer in nativity scenes. What does the caganer do in the nativity scene? Uh, this is interesting. This is capital I. This is another uh, Kylian research question. I'm telling you, man, she was so excited. She's like, I got all these Christmas questions ready for no, no. It's like, all right, you can come on. And she's just down in the muck with this. I think it's the flu. Get your flu shots, folks. Indeed. I got um, mine and I feel fine. You look great. Thank you. Um, well, what would you be doing in the nativity scene? I mean, obviously, the funniest thing is taking a poop. And I'm I'm likely to just say that. Probably wouldn't be masturbating. Um, I'm going to say pooping. You're 100% correct, Mark Davis. <laughs> yes, the Kagener. The Kagener. Uh, my, my answer was, uh, I don't know, pulling their pants down. And Kyle was yeah, like, yeah, part of it. And taking a dump. <laughs> that's amazing. And yeah, we'll post a uh, link there. There are some, uh, you know, websites that have collected images of these, these figurines. Good stuff. That rules. Yep. All right. Lee. Mark, actually, uh, before we conclude this episode, I- I'd like to read a poem that I've written if I can. Oh, absolutely. Please. Okay. I'd love to hear this. This is a totally original poem. "'Twas the night before Quizmas, when all through the pub, not a creature was quizzing, not even your mum. The beverages were poured into the glasses with care, in hopes that Quiz Quingle soon would be there. The players were nestled all snug in their seats, with notes of the night's topics to study so deep. My partner in their pibs shirt and I in my cups had just settled down for a long winter sus." When out from the parking lot arose such a clatter, I sprang from the table to see what was the matter. Away to the pub door, I flew like a flash, tripping over dogs and nearly busting my ass. The light of the pub sign in parking lot puddles gave the luster of midday to the source of my troubles. When what would emerge like the blooms of the aster, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny quizmasters. With a little old driver who stepped with a jingle, I knew in a moment it must be Quiz Quingle. More rapid than eagles, his quizmasters came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dallas, now Mark, now Kyle Ann and Lee, on Seth, on Fletcher, on Blake and Mappy. To the top of the pub, to the top of the wall, now quiz away, quiz away, quiz away all. So up to the pub top the quiz masters flew, with minds full of trivia and quiz quingle too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard up above the sound of quiz writing, a labor of love. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the exhaust vent quiz quingle came with a bound. He was dressed like a geek, from his head to his toes, and he reeked of cologne and assault on the nose. A PA system and a folding table he had flung on his back. He huffed through the room with a lot to unpack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. I knew by his smile the questions were scary. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, while dandruff powdered his beard like snow. The end of a microphone pressed to his lips. He stated good evening and started the quiz. The questions shined brightly, glittery nuggets of trivia. He asked about deserts, like the ones in Namibia. He was sipping his drink, a right jolly old quizzer. And I laughed when I saw it, 
Though Quingle did blister, a furrow of his brow and a twist of his head, the team on their phones had something to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and gave zero points to the team full of jerks. And laying his finger aside on his nose, he gave me a nod. Up the rankings we rose. When it came time to wager, my teammates did cry. What if we fall, oh my darling, but what if you fly? We wagered it all, all that we could, and turned in our answers, hoping that they were good. He tallied the points, which he read at fast pace, and announced that our team had come in first place. We hooted, we hollered, we pulled off the win. Quiz Quingle sent the cheating team straight to hell for their sins. I heard him exclaim as he gave us our prize, Happy Quizmas to all, and to all a good night. Except Jeopardy, man. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. The night before Christmas. Wow. And let that, uh, man, I wish we could just end the episode there, but we've got stuff to say, but yeah, that was fantastic. What if we just did end it there? What if we just said, thanks, everybody. Thanks for 231. And we're going to do our full outro next time, but we're going to leave you with the, the night before Christmas. Okay, we can do that. Until next time, everybody. Merry Christmas.